Welcome to the Edible Alpha podcast series, your source for actionable insights into making money in food. I'm Tara Johnson, the Tara's Way Lady, and we're here to talk to a wide range of stakeholders about what it really takes to grow a financially viable food business. So, hi, thanks for joining us on the show today. Thanks for having me. So, why don't we start? I'm so excited to have you on the show because I uh, when when did when did we meet? It's got to be, I don't know. Remember? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um we we met and I knew that I wanted you on the show right away because so many of us in the food world are trying to figure out ways to get healthcare and more involved in food, and you guys have done this to the nth degree, as far as I'm concerned. So, why don't we start by just having you introduce yourself and and where you're from? Yeah, my name is Amanda Sweetman. I'm the farm manager of the farm at St. Joseph Mercy Health System. So we're located in Ann Arbor, Michigan. You're managing the farm for uh, for the whole health system, which I find interesting. So let's talk about that. Yeah. So we started it as the farm at St. Joe's in Ann Arbor. Right. And so the farm is nine years old. We started in 2010, and we're located at the hospital in Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the intervening years, we've become a health system. So just recently, we've become a statewide system of seven hospitals. Oh. And um, some point along the line, we realized that the farm isn't just a physical location. It's also our health system's commitment to health in a different way. So getting health care out of the hospital, thinking about the whole person, um, the environment around them. Um, and that is really starting to become the embodiment of the farm. And mm. so we are spreading this idea of having a physical place where we grow food at many of our hospitals. Um, but we're also really working to honor the mission of the farm at St. Joe's, which is growing a healthy community by empowering people through food, education, and relationships. So you don't necessarily have to have a farm um, to to live that mission. Right, right. Yeah, because having a farm is no small thing, right? Right, yeah. I mean, I'm currently covered in mud from washing carrots, <laughs> um, and it takes a lot of space, and so mm-hmm. you need staff, you need land, you need infrastructure, um, and so here in Ann Arbor, it makes sense. Uh, St. Joe's Ann Arbor actually has one of the largest healthcare campuses in the nation. We have 365 acres. Holy cow, that's huge. Yeah, it's an enormous. Mm-hmm. It used to be three different family farms. Mm. Um, and so kind of the history of the farm here is that the hospital wanted to start really addressing how their food, what the, what they were feeding people while they were in the hospital, making sure that that was healthy and healthful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they did a big analysis of what we were feeding people, how we could improve, decided to take out all the fryers, mm-hmm. hire new staff that were trained uh, with a culinary background, put in more equipment that allows them to use whole fresh foods. So really investing in the infrastructure here at St. Joe's. Um, and for those of you who might work in healthcare, uh, we are in-house. Our food system is, our food service is in-house, so we have a lot more control. Right. Um, so they made that investment, and then my boss at the time said, "Hey, we should also have a farm here. 
um, we can make grow some food for the kitchen. We can engage our community. Um, and so that was our kind of humble beginning. We had one hoop house, and <laughs> we've grown from there. Um, so it, it what's interesting to me is I think people um, – a lot of times with institutions like yours, people don't realize there's just a lot of physical and technological barriers, right, in the beginning because the equipment is gone. You can't even cook things from scratch anymore. And it's interesting to me that your process with this started by fixing that first. Yeah, um, it was a really important first step. Yeah. Um, and it's had a, a long legacy here, right? In this mm-hmm. intervening nine years, we continue to improve the menu. We continue to think about how we can um, support uh, a more plant-forward diet. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of that is educating our culinary staff. A lot of it has been educating um, our both our customers, so the patients, but a lot of our customers, so to speak, at the cafeteria in particular, are our staff. Mm, um, right. And so one of the benefits that I've had when I was hired in 2015, at the same time they hired, the hospital hired a wellness coordinator Mm -hmm. uh, for staff wellness. And she and I have worked really hard to do all of this, getting people to try new things, engaging around more plant forward, Mm -hmm. um, and thinking about how those diets are good for you, good for the planet. Um, so it's been it's been an interesting process, and um, it was slow going at, right. at first. Um, food is so central to people's identity and um, your habits, and there's a lot of emotion wrapped up in that. Um, so it's been a slow but really rewarding process. Mm-hmm. So you, if I'm remembering this correctly, you kind of started this journey with the staff, right? Mm-hmm. Am I right about that? And you also have. Um, um, uh, residents, right? Yeah. So the farm itself was started this idea of, oh, we're going to feed the hospital. And right. that pretty quickly became clear that that wasn't, A, wasn't super feasible just because the amount of food that goes through the cafeteria. It's about a thousand people a day just through the cafeteria. Oh, right. Um, so that wasn't incredibly feasible. Um, but that The other thing was that there was a higher value that we could be adding if we were an education space, if we worked Mm -hmm. to engage our staff, the medical residents, the community around us. Um, So we we wrote out this new mission, Growing a Healthy Community, thinking about how we can empower our community to tell us what they need. Um, And, you know, the first community that we talk to is our staff because, mm-hmm. of course, I can email them all directly. <laughs> They're convenient. Um, I see them once a week at our farmer's market in the hospital lobby. Um, I go to meetings with them, you know, all these mm-hmm. things. And really, our long-term goal is to have a healthy community more broadly than just the staff at St. Joe's. But about a million people-ish walk through our doors mm-hmm. every year for mm-hmm. some procedure. You know, you get your blood drawn, any of those things. And so if I can empower our staff members to be these advocates for change, for Mm -hmm. healthy lifestyles, that's a really powerful way to spread our impact Mm -hmm. um, without having to do the work of telling your community members, did you know there's a farm here? Come to our program. As opposed to the staff members, I can go to their lunch meeting and talk to them or, you know, any number of ways that I can engage engage with them that's a little easier. Mm -hmm. 
And and so you said it was a bit slow going in the beginning, but um, has the staff grown to appreciate what you do? Yeah, it's really been amazing. And there was, you know, I, I'm not the original farmer, so mm-hmm. started in 2015, it was started in 2010. There was a, a big rush of support for the farm when it started, and mm-hmm. it took us a little while to identify really truly what is our mission and how are we going to engage with people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the big things that's been a success for us recently, um, we got, first we started having big events. So I actually have, host a big event in January called the Luminary Walk, where we light up several miles of the nature trails here. Um, I mentioned we have an enormous campus. There's right. a beautiful oak hickory forest and a prairie and all these things. Um, so we light up the trails. We get people out and active and say, you know what, Michigan winter is dark and gross, but we can get through it together. Um so we have things like the events. We have summer camp now. We bring in about a thousand elementary school kids a year for field trips. Um, but one of the big things that I think the staff has really bought into is our CSA, or we're now calling it our farm share. Mm-hmm. Um, so community supported agriculture programs. How familiar are your readers or listenership with that? Well, they they they're probably tend to be pretty familiar, but go ahead and describe your program anyway. Yeah. So our program is a community-supported agriculture model where members uh, buy in up front to the program. You know, when me as a farm, I need to buy seeds, hire staff, all of those capital inputs, so I get money up front, and then in return, the members get a share um, in the season's produce for a set number of weeks that we've agreed on. So our program started the fall I got here because Mm -hmm. the medical residents wanted a way to buy more vegetables with their meal stipends Mm. that they get for being on call. Um, And I was kind of like, well, okay, I can't turn down staff wanting to get more vegetables. This is a little intimidating. I've been here for three months. Our farm Mm -hmm. isn't meant to grow a huge number of pounds of food because it should be okay if the third graders get too excited and pull all the carrots or walk on the spinach or what have you. Um, So I looked at the other farmer who was coming to our farmer's market and said, hey, you know, do you want to start a collaborative program with me to, to run this CSA? And she said, well, yeah, that sounds cool. So that first fall, we had 30 members, one refrigerator, um, (laughs) got started with them, immediately doubled that other farm's take-home pay um, from coming to the farmer's market, so really starting to make it worth her while to come to that. So the farmer's market, do the CSA. Um, We set up our program to be self-serve, to cater to those, um, the medical residents, Right, because um, they work weird hours. Right? Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah. Like security will call me and be like, There's somebody here. Rod's uh, vegetables. <laughs> it's three in the morning. <laughs> uh huh, exactly. I actually mm-hmm. warned them the other day. I was like, Okay, season is starting. Like mm-hmm. don't be alarmed if you see people like in the middle of the night. Um so that kind of set us on this trajectory. Mm-hmm. So we had that first year we had two farms, thirty members. Um, I think it lasted something like 10 or 12 weeks um, and was successful. We had a lot of positive feedback. Um, so fast forward to 2019, we now offer three seasons, so spring, summer, fall. Uh, it'll be 36 weeks total. Mm-hmm. Um, our spring share is up to 100 and. 
26 whole share equivalent. So we offer a whole and a half share. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm working with 12 farms. Wow, um, and this that's was great. Like, uh, let's see, I think we grew by 50 whole share equivalents year over year from last year. Um, when I did the math from 2015 to uh, 2018, we'd grown 1,100%. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, and last year, 2018, we generated $82,000 worth of revenue for small farms. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. So it is a, So your farm is, I mean, I'm going to use the word hub because it gets used for lots mm-hmm. of things, but it, you're really a center for aggregating and supporting the local farms too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, so I think this program has brought in a lot of staff because it gets people to come every week and pick up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also helped us honor our mission or live our mission by growing a healthy community. So mm-hmm. we're no longer just those medical residents and some staff members. We have people from the broader community participating. And then the big thing that I think has made this program even more special is that we've been able to give out free shares mm-hmm. to or to families who are food insecure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how, how has that program worked? So in the beginning, in 2017, we were actually approached um, mm. by a funder and said, hey, we want to run this program. Would you be the CSA provider mm-hmm. in this community? And we said, well, sure. Um, so people are allowed in the program if, as long as they have one or more children living in the household. Um, they have a self-identified need for greater access to fresh fruits and vegetables. We don't screen based on income. Um, and then willingness to pick up on a regular basis and fill out a survey when they're done. Mm-hmm. Um, so this has caused us to add a layer to our program of an in-person distribution, kind of that more traditional, you know, you see your farmer mm-hmm. for a couple hours to come and pick up your veggies, um, which has been a great addition for us. So it's caused everyone to mix and mingle and break down those silos and the barriers to getting to know each other um, because we, you know, we have recipe samples and demos and an mm-hmm. herb garden you can cut out of and kids night where our educator comes in and does kid-friendly activities and recipes and the food bank comes in and talks about their resources and, you know, we're adding more and more ways to bring in other nonprofits and other education groups and clinicians to come in and provide content during that time. Mm -hmm. Um, And it gets people talking to each other like, well, what do you do with kohlrabi? And, Mm -hmm. oh, well, my kids like it as chips or... Mm-hmm. any of those things. So um, at the end of last year, we did our survey because, of course, evaluation is important. Right. Um, and of the survey respondents, both paid and unpaid, 94% of them felt like they were a part of the Farm at St. Joe's community. Oh, isn't that fantastic? Seriously, so that that's so really cool. Because mm-hmm. um, in the healthcare world, we care a lot about the social determinants of health. Sure. Um, So things like do you have access to fresh fruits and vegetables, easy transportation, meaningful employment. Um, Social isolation is another big one. So do you have a strong social Mm -hmm. group? Um, Social isolation actually comes out as the number one um, social determinant of health people screen positive for in our community. Hmm. Um, So when I think about our program, it's 
it helps me know that not only am I supporting our farmers by generating income and providing a convenient way to get fresh fruits and vegetables for our staff, but I'm also doing this work of addressing the social determinants of health, which drive long-term health outcomes. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And and so now do does everybody come at a pickup time or you're still doing the midnight, three in the morning pickup for the people who need it? Who yeah, are part of the so hospital? we offer both. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are busy. Yep. You know, a lot of people will come that Wednesday afternoon time when they can. Mm-hmm. Um, we encourage people to bring a reusable bag and they can pick their head of lettuce and their bunch of beets and mm-hmm. all those things. But, you know, if I wasn't here for work, I wouldn't be free every Wednesday evening either. Right, um, right. And it really helps some of those subsidized families because mm-hmm. people are working second shift or, you know, they need someone to drive them or any of those things. So mm-hmm. we offer both choices and it ends up being about 50-50, about 50% of people come for the in-person distribution and about 50% come and pick up mm. whenever is convenient. Mm-hmm. And and they bring their kids? Yeah, we really encourage people to bring their kids Um like last week, we had a, a friend of ours, or a friend of the farm's Project Healthy School. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was offering a recipe sample and demo. So we have a little teaching kitchen um, at the farm. And, mm-hmm. you know, everyone, a lot of people said, oh, I don't like radishes and didn't pick them up when they were packing up their shares. But she was sauteing them instead of just eating them raw. And mm-hmm. people came back and got their radishes because there was a new way to <laughs> new way to eat it. Um Tomorrow night will be kids' night, so learning how to make a healthy ranch dressing and mm. some kids' knife skills, which mm. will raise some eyebrows, but right. we have kids-safe knives. and It's amazing. Kids will are so much more likely to eat something that they've helped prepare. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I I was um, I was visiting with somebody who start who transformed a food pantry in Livingston, Montana. He calls it a whole food pantry, mm-hmm. and he said, "I try to make it like Costco on a Saturday, like have have things for people to try in order to get them to, and, and then have recipes and talk about how to cook things to get people to act, to feel comfortable with the food, right?" Exactly. Yeah, people are so much more likely to take something, to get mm-hmm. home and try it if they've seen it, mm-hmm. uh, which is why we worked really hard to kind of sneak this little homestyle teaching kitchen in one corner of our building. Yeah. Because um, it just it makes all the difference. Right. Right. And yeah. and um, so when when the kids come, do they 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 participate in classes or are they out picking stuff or what are they up to? Well, so for during distribution, you know, it's the activity we have set up. If it's sunny out, we'll have chalk and hula hoops and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we also really encourage people to feel welcome in this space. So we have a self-guided tour that you can go on. Mm. Um, we have a handicap accessible hoop house, mm-hmm. um, and there are goldfish in there. So people go and feed the goldfish. Wow. You know, there was... One family last year when I would come on a Saturday to check on the farm, they were always here Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. You know, mom and a daughter, they'd come and pick up their box. They'd go feed the fish. They'd check on the tomatoes and see how tall they were this mm-hmm. week. Um, and to me, that was such an important step in the right direction for our program mm-hmm. of making sure that we were 
a neighborhood space, a community space, um, and that it felt open and accessible to people. Right. Um, we have a whole education program that I'm happy to talk about that goes beyond that. Um, and it goes beyond, uh, so education program around the farm? Yeah. Mm. So the mission of growing a healthy community is really big. Mm-hmm. So we've broken that down into four different focus areas. Um, one of them being education. Um, so we work with kids and adults. We have a halftime staff person who mostly works with kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, so our mission with education is to educate at the intersection of health, agriculture, and science. So how do we use tools and science to grow healthy food, and how does that food make you feel to a certain extent? Um, and that's the verbose way of saying we try to make curiosity cool again. Uh-huh. Uh, because we see people of all ages, but our youth programs see, you know, preschool through early high school. Mm-hmm. And preschool, you can't keep the kids out of the dirt, right? Right. Everything is awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited about this. Like, roly polies are the best. And by fifth grade, it's kind of like, ew, gross. I don't want to be here. My sneakers are getting dirty. Right, right. Which is so sad because that's a learned behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're trying to offer a different role model or a different option, right, that it can be mm-hmm. fun. Let's think about why spiders are important and how to shrink down into the food factory and mm-hmm. think about photosynthesis and carbohydrates and mm-hmm. all of those things. So uh, we see about a 1,000 kids a year for field trips. We actually do the fundraising to pay for the buses for Ypsilanti Community Schools. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So Ypsilanti and Ann Arbor, mm-hmm. we, our hospital campus sits right on the border of Ypsilanti and Ann Arbor. And Ann Arbor, very well-to-do, mm-hmm. primarily. You know, the University of Michigan is their high opportunity index. Right. Ypsilanti, on the other hand, is lower income. Uh, most of the schools... Uh, it's something like 94% of the kids get free and reduced lunch, a much lower opportunity index. Mm-hmm. There's a pretty marked longevity difference between people living in Ann Arbor versus Ypsilanti. So most of our community-facing programs face Ypsilanti. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so we bring those students in, um, first, third, and fifth grade, come here. Mm-hmm. Um and then we also offer um, summer camps. It's about five weeks of summer camp at this point. Um, our educator goes out into schools and does auditorium programs. And I just saw her walk past with a um, container full of compost mm-hmm. to take to the middle school classroom to talk about compost and uh, biological activity. Um, so then in addition to the youth programming that we do, um, we have a very active internship program, mm-hmm. about 2,000-plus hours of interns every year. Um, they're coming from a broader and broader back like background, mm-hmm. uh, but initially it was mostly dietetic students. Um, oh, interesting, yeah, because yeah. they, they were thinking they were headed to working in a hospital. Right, it was mm-hmm. the rotation that's available through the oh, University yeah. of Michigan Dietetics Program. Um I think it's great because these students who food is their business, so few of them have seen how food is grown. Right. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. You know, I always love to bring out the, like, a red pepper is just a ripe green pepper fact. Mm-hmm. It blows yeah. people's minds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I think that's another really powerful part of the Pharmacy Joe's programming is that we're teaching future 
medical providers, mm-hmm. the medical students, the medical residents, A, how much better you feel when you eat fresh food, mm-hmm. how much better it tastes, and then empowering them to talk to their um, patients about, you know, hey, fresh food is important. Let's talk about the value of local fresh produce, how to go to your farmer's market, any of those things. Does your Do your healthcare providers do any sort of, you know, pr- quote-unquote prescription veggie boxes or anything like that? So we have a couple different ways that we get produce out to patients. Mm-hmm. We do have a, a program in our community called Prescription for Health um, where uh, people who have a chronic condition, chronic health condition, um, and are in a lower socioeconomic bracket can get a prescription for fresh fruits and vegetables. So their doctor can give them this prescription card, and then the patient will go to one of several farmer's markets in the area, show their card to a community health worker. The community health worker helps them set goals, talk about recipes that are appropriate for their health condition, and then the patient gets 10 tokens or $10 to mm-hmm. spend on fresh fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm. So that's... So are you um, one of the sites for that? We are one of the sites for that, and St. Joe's actually funds that program. Oh, nice. So the hospital itself funds mm-hmm. that program. Mm-hmm. Um, So our farmer's market is a host for that. Um, and then the farm at St. Joe's runs our produce to patients program. So this is a relatively new program. It's only in its... I guess it's been around for about two years. We started in 2017. Um, and we you can think of it as a provider's CSA almost. So mm-hmm. um, people in these clinics who are interested. So I have a physician. I have a social worker. I have a dietitian. Um, these people say, hey, you know, I think our, our patients would really benefit from some produce. And so they get on a, essentially like an order list. They're like my wholesale market almost. Mm-hmm. I send out an availability list on Monday and say, okay, this week it's going to be a mixture of carrots, spinach, and salad mix. Um, let me know how many people you want to serve. So I get my orders, um, and then they come and pick it up from us, from mm-hmm. our big walk-in cooler, and take it out to their patients. So. In 2017, we worked with five different clinics and served about 250 patients. In 2018, we worked with 10 different clinics and served 3,500 patients. Wow. So that has grown a lot. It's grown a ton. That one's like 1,500% growth. I love doing our percent growth metrics right now. Yeah, 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 because they're huge. (laughs) That's so cool. It is really cool, and it's interesting to see how engaging those providers has changed their behavior. So most of them have now joined the CSA. Mm-hmm. Um, and then how they have continued to take, okay, here I have this bag of spinach. How can I continue to make this even more powerful intervention? Mm-hmm. So, you know, someone comes in and they are newly diagnosed with diabetes. You know, the physician goes in and says, you know, hey, we're going to help you manage this condition with medication. But we also believe that your diet is very important. Um, and here's a bag of spinach to get you started. Let's see if you qualify for the subsidized farm share program. Um, and starting to really empower those clinicians to not only connect their patients to the farm, but also to other community resources. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Isn't that amazing? It's like like the the farm has become this sort of seed for all kinds of other things in your in the system, right? Or the community, I guess, is a better word. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that makes us unique. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that we're this bridge mm-hmm. between our community and the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just, you know, our patients as a community, but kids and farmers and, you know, the other nonprofits in the area. Uh, I spend what feels sometimes like an inordinate amount of time talking to people. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? How can we work with you? How can we support you? Mm-hmm. Um, right, in, but it's such that. a valuable role um, mm-hmm. because you have all these players out there who want to participate in things like that, but somebody has to be kind of, I could call it the belly button in the middle of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we started a um, experiential education collaborative because there were so many groups of people doing education with kids Mm -hmm. and we all said okay (laughs) let's not offer the same programming because sadly there are really no new ideas right how can we be collaborating and dovetailing our programming so Mm -hmm. that it's adding value to these kids Mm -hmm. and if when people come when kids come to camp um what do they do we have a couple different options so we have Farm to Table 1 and 2, so it's for younger and older kids, where you come in, you do some farm or science things. So maybe you come in and you harvest basil, and then you go into the kitchen and make pesto. Um, and so the younger kids bring a caregiver. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really fun to see the, the relationships and the fun that blossoms out of having parents and kids or grandparents out on the farm learning to use hand tools or picking tomatoes or any of those things and then taking it into the kitchen and making food together. Mm -hmm. It's really been transformative for some of those picky eaters Mm -hmm. out there. Um, Farm to Table 2 is just for slightly older kids and they don't have to bring an adult. Mm. Um, And then the camp that I wish I could have gone to when I was a kid (laughs) is Farm Field and Forest. So this is an all-day camp for slightly older kids and we just we explore. We take advantage of all the resources this campus has to offer, and we work with other nonprofits. So, for example, one day is like the water day. So we work with the Huron River Watershed Council. We go hike down to the river and talk about native plants, and then you know we'll do some macroinvertebrate sampling and talk about what makes for healthy water, what makes for a healthy river. We'll do a trash pickup. Um, so making sure the kids understand that ecosystem and how that plays then with the forest. Because um, the next day we do a forest day of exploring leaf litter and the different type zones that we have. Um, we go down to the prairie and look at um, the invasive species and talk about how that can, you know, how your behavior in your environment can really have an impact on an environment so you can choose to help or hinder. Um, We take advantage of the hospital, so we go in. uh, St. Joe's actually has something called the Simulation Center, um, which is a partnership with Eastern Michigan University. And so the kids get to go in and look at the training um, center for future medical practitioners. You know, they get to see the mannequins. They get to interact with them. understanding a healthcare space. Um, that day we do a job fair with a doctor and a nurse, but also a dietitian and a social worker. And I'll talk to the kids like, hey, did you know you can be a farmer at a hospital? Because mm-hmm. 
surprisingly, I am not the only person who does this across the country. There's right, more right. And more of us. Right. It, it isn't that crazy. Like I, I'm, I'm so impressed. That camp would be so much fun. And then you also, I'm sure they're also working on the farm too. Oh but, yeah, I yeah. forgot the farm part. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. We do farm work. And... That is so fun. So, do you know how many people ha- or how many um, hospitals around the country have farms? I don't have an accurate estimate right now. I keep track of who calls me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that I've interacted with about 12 or 15 different groups over mm-hmm. the last couple of years. I know there are more programs than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and But compared to the number of hospitals there are, that's not very many, right? No. Right. No. Uh, but well, it is growing. You know, it depends mm-hmm. on how you want to classify it and what sure. they do. But so many hospitals now at least have a community garden. Right, right. Well, it, it it's such a logical connection, right? And and the more I hear you talk, the more I'm I'm um con- I'm so glad I had you on the show because you keep evolving your programming so much. Every time I talk to you, it's like grown by leaps and bounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Well, there are so many opportunities. Um, you know, to use an awful pun, it's it's fertile ground. Mm-hmm. Um, that. Not only in in Ann Arbor, we have the space, right? We have Mm -hmm. all the land, but we have a really engaged community of staff members, of executive leadership, Mm -hmm. of nonprofits, of people living in our community, um, which is really important, right? You have to have the desire and the people who want to participate. Mm -hmm. But there's another thing that's going on that I... I would guess is part of what's driving these other health systems to want to do something like this. Mm-hmm. And it's um, out of the Affordable Care Act, there was a mandate that nonprofit hospitals do a community health needs assessment every three years. Mm. Um, with that then comes the need to do um, something action to address right, those needs. Right. Um, so many of our communities identify food access, mm-hmm. um, and obesity or healthy weight issues, um, malnutrition, social isolation, all of those things that we get to work on here at the farm mm-hmm. pop up. Um, and it's a fun way to engage people, engage your staff, engage around this idea of food. Um, I was just in Iowa for the Harkin Symposium on Wellness. Mm, interesting. Uh, yeah, if you haven't looked that group up, I would highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the farm was won an award from them this year, um, and they had a lot of really great speakers. Um, the past secretary of agriculture, um, what was someone who'd worked at the CDC, and now just released a paper out of um, in the Lancet called mm-hmm. the Syndemic of. Obesity, malnutrition, and climate change. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So syndemic is an interaction of pandemics. Mm-hmm. Dr. Bill Dietz, he identified how how we grow our food, how the government subsidizes how we grow our food, how business wants to use those crops, then drives what's available for people to eat, which mm-hmm. drives obesity, which drives demand, which in turn feeds this whole system all over again. Mm-hmm. And so I think places like the farm at St. Joe's and other health systems that are really looking at how 
to increase access to healthy food, but also grow a community around it. Mm-hmm. That is one of the really important ways that we can turn that vicious cycle into a virtuous cycle. Right, right. And it's and it's more, yeah, it's community-based and it's about wellness, not just food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and lifestyle and culture and all kinds of things. So it was... Um, like whose idea was this to start a farm? Was it was it somebody in, you know, like the president of the hospital said, hey, we should have a farm? Or where did this come from? Well, so the idea to start the farm came out of this desire to have healthy food in the hospital, mm-hmm. uh, which was driven by the new president, mm-hmm. Rob Caslew. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my boss, Dave Raymond, who's actually the head of planning and design mm-hmm. here at the hospital, had been here a long time. And while he was pitching this refurbished kitchen, he said, oh, and I think we should have a farm here. Mm-hmm. And he had a group of um, believers, so to mm-hmm. speak, so people like Lisa McDowell, who was the head of clinical nutrition, um, some physicians, Dr. Theory, Dr. Steinberg, who were either primary care or rehab physicians, who said, you know, we really need to address how people interact with food in our community. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were lucky enough to get that up and going, and they had a lot of support from Rob Caslew, which fortunately for me has continued. He's now the statewide CEO. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote a really system. great article yeah. in Health Progress about the farm. Mm. That's amazing. So, so now talk. To, so, the, all the programming that you're talking about, how do you interact with the other locations around the state? That's currently evolving. Right. Um, so as you may have may hear, um, we have a lot going on here. In yeah, I, I'm getting tired hearing everything because I wonder how much staff you have. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> we can talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I am spending more and more time interacting with the other sites mm-hmm. and interacting with our statewide um, community health and well-being staff, um, thinking about how we can take this idea of the farm and as mm-hmm. I mentioned at the beginning, really use this as a way to live our mission. Mm-hmm. Um, both the farm's mission of growing a healthy community, but also the health system's mission to be a transforming healing presence. Mm-hmm. So uh, as we roll out to the other sites, the first place we're working with is St. Joe's Oakland, which mm-hmm. is up in Pontiac, um, another very high needs population. Mm-hmm. Um we will be having a small, quote-unquote, farm. It'll mm-hmm. be more like a garden because their campus is nowhere near as large. But what I think will be the star of that show is their teaching kitchen. They're installing a teaching kitchen right outside of their cafeteria. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is one of those places where there are some um, community groups that run urban farms in Pontiac. They mm-hmm. don't necessarily need us to have an education farm. Right. But what no one is doing is teaching people how to cook the food and mm-hmm. making it approachable. Right. Um, getting their hands on the tools. What does it look like to clarify an onion? It's mm-hmm. so clear when it happens, but if you read it on a page, you're not right. sure what that means. Right. Um, so I'm excited to see how bringing that um, physical space into mm-hmm. part of their hospital can change both the way the staff interact with food, but also the, the community members. Mm-hmm. And then are you going to, you know, like CSA shares and all that, are you going to start trying to bring that into those other locations? 
Yes, I'm struggling with that a little bit at the mm-hmm. moment just because there are a lot of layers to work through. It's not as easy here. You know, I already had a walk-in because we Right, farm. because you were a farm, right. Uh, we're mm-hmm. a farm. I'm here because mm-hmm. I'm staff here. Um, so trying to figure out what back best practices are because I could probably find a truck to move shares from here in Ann Arbor, mm-hmm. Washington County, up to Pontiac. It's an hour and 20 minutes, but mm-hmm. I can do it, and it would be a great way to support the farmers in this area. Mm-hmm. But as an anchor institution that's based in a community, that doesn't necessarily feel like we're honoring our values. Mm-hmm. Like you know. want to source your food from farmers that are closer. I do, yeah. but I don't know them yet. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's a process of making relationships, and there's interest. We did a survey um, just as the managers, I think, and 200 plus people said they'd be interested in purchasing a CSA. Oh, interesting. Share. Yeah. So, um, I'm working with the community groups. I think we'll do a kind of maybe a pilot sometime this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll kind of roll it out from there. And I'm debating really what we, what our values are, which one is more important, right? I could probably find mm-hmm. a farm to come in and provide a CSA mm-hmm. share at each hospital. Mm-hmm. One of the things I think is so powerful about ours is that it's collaborative and that we're helping beginning farmers get up and rolling. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I don't have the capacity right now to go up and run a collaborative CSA in each. Right, in every location. Mm-hmm. So we're we're working on it, mm-hmm. but I... I know our home office, so Trinity, which is our parent corporation, they've started their own CSA. An interesting staff member saw, learned about ours mm-hmm. and reached out to a farm, and they now have a work site drop mm-hmm. from the farm. So cool. it's pretty neat to see how it's spreading. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is the seed in the middle of all this. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, uh, so it's... In terms of growth and things you're looking at in the future, it seems like just figuring out how to work with these other campuses is a big part of that. Yeah. Um, the big thing we're working on right now, first, we we got a grant from uh-huh. our parent corporation to build a physical space to house the CSA. Oh. Um, I'm currently operating out of one walk-in cooler that I stick built uh, that's stuck in an old page. <laughs> right. Um, so we've outgrown that again. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're building a physical space. So there will be a public distribution space and then a wash pack in the back, which mm-hmm. will be amazing. Nice, nice. We currently have one sink that we wash everything in. So mm-hmm. That will be a huge improvement. And then we're hiring staff to mm-hmm. um, to build up our capacity here in Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm working on all of those projects while right. I'm also starting to spend time at these other sites. And some of it, to be frank, is figuring out how the funding works. Of course. How does my time get accounted for in these different places? Mm-hmm. Um, but an even bigger thing, because truly when you have support from someone like your statewide CEO, mm-hmm. these funding things are painful, but they'll get figured out. Right. Um a lot of it is figuring out who your champions are at each site. Um, right. Because I'm not going to go up and live in Pontiac. Mm-hmm. Um, so who are, you know, to use the example here, like my boss, Dave Raymond, who are the, the Dave Raymonds and the Lisa McDowell's mm-hmm. and, and the physicians who believe in, in all of those things? Mm-hmm. Um, and then who are your community partners who want to help you make this successful? Mm-hmm. 
Well, and you have the experience of building and, you know, reaching out and finding these people and making a network out of them and stuff. And so a big part of, it sounds like, what you're bringing to these other sites is just that, right? The ability to do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's already started. It's been exciting to... I met with the um, the group called Mica Six up in Pontiac, and they mm-hmm. have um, urban farms all over town, and they run. Um, I think it's called the Sprout Grocery. So increasing access mm-hmm. to fruits and vegetables, and really getting a chance to sit down with them and say, "Okay, you've done a lot of this work of building trust in your community, mm-hmm. having people tell you what they need. Um, help us support you." Um, you know, we don't want to be the the big elephant in the room, like, oh, we're the hospital. We're going to come in with the answer. You should mm-hmm. eat healthier. You should do this. Right, um, right. Can't be about should. No. Mm-hmm. So you have lots of work to do for eight hospitals. Yeah, and it'll be a long rollout. Of you know? course. And I think the the big thing is just figuring out how that mission of growing a healthy community resonates for each one of mm-hmm. those sites. Mm-hmm. It may not always be a physical farm. Right, right. And I bet there'll be a lot of diversity across the communities, too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's fascinating. It's just fascinating. So we, we've covered a lot of ground, so to speak, and have we missed anything? We haven't really talked about how much food we grow. Yeah, well, why don't we... Yeah, we should talk about that. Let's just talk a bit about... The practical stuff, you know? Yep. Yeah. So, and we haven't talked about much about the therapy aspect here. Okay. Well, then um, we're going to talk about both of those things. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, growing health, or let's see. So, our focus areas, we've already talked about education, this idea of making curiosity cool again. Um, another one of our focus areas is growing diverse and delicious food, right? We're a farm, it's in the name. Mm-hmm. Um it is not our primary focus, mm-hmm. uh, but we still grow a lot of food. We grew just, let's see, I think it was about 9,000 pounds last year mm-hmm. um, of food on the site. We have two production hoop houses that we grow in year-round. And then I have a very large deer fence because this campus <laughs> grows really beautiful deer uh-huh. um, that I try to keep out of my All right, out of out acre of your, and a half that's right. inside of the deer fence. Mm-hmm. Um, so acre and a half that. is what you're on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're slowly expanding into that outdoor space. The farm um, sits in a corner of the hospital campus that used to get a lot of um, trucks going over it because it was kind of a construction staging area. So mm-hmm. I've been learning about how to deal with compaction and we have uh, heavy clay soils. Mm-hmm. So. We've been doing a lot of cover cropping and adding compost and all those things to improve the the soil quality outside of our hoop houses. And how cool is that? Because then that can be part of your educational programming too. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that's been interesting for for me to learn about, um, but also to talk to all our our many visitors. Um, so the food goes to. The farm share program, the food goes to that produce to patients program, and then we also run a farmer's market in the hospital lobby mm-hmm. um, where we have one local farm that participates, the farm at St. Joe's, and then the Eisenhower Center. They come with their, um, they call them clients or patients, 
So they're a traumatic brain injury recovery mm. group in town. And so this leads us nicely into our next focus area of nourishing minds, bodies, and spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, so the physical space where that focus area lives is our handicap accessible hoop house. So mm. um, it was built by the Eisenhower Center mm-hmm. um, in partnership with us. They use it to do therapy with their traumatic brain injury patients. I think there were six clients here this morning, watering and weeding mm. and um, going out and using the space to do vocational, um, occupational, recreational therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've really shown um, great outcomes from the use of this space. So increases in self-esteem, reduces in violent outbursts. Um, and we're really grateful to have this space because not only does it allow us to have this amazing community partnership with the Eisenhower Center, but it also helps us honor our desire to have a diverse community here. Mm-hmm. So we see all of the students from Ypsilanti Community Schools um, from the first, third, and fifth grade classrooms, but we also get to see the kids from the special needs classrooms mm-hmm. because we have a place that's accessible to them. So what is different about the accessible hoop house? Like what makes uh, it what makes it accessible? Yeah, so um, there's three different types of flooring. We've got astroturf and uh, like a gravel um, amalgam. That's not the right word for that, but like a gravel surface and mm-hmm. then a wood board surface. So mm-hmm. you think those three different surfaces? Um, they're actually a type of therapy, right? Mm. So they're wheelchair accessible. But if you're, saying a walker or you're learning, relearning your balance, mm, those yeah. micro changes in that surface are helping you re-enter the world. Because if you've just been in a clinical setting with linoleum, mm. this is really different. So the floor, first of all. And then we grow in all raised beds. Mm-hmm. We have raised beds of different heights. Mm-hmm. Um, so accessible from wheelchair, accessible from a walker. Hmm. Um, We have a new step, so an exercise bike that's hooked up to a water pump so you can get your exercise in and water the plants at the same time. Oh, fun. Yeah. It's super fun. So we have lots of stuff like that Uh in that space that Mm -hmm. offer therapy, but also you're doing something. You're not just, you know, moving blocks from point A to point B or whatever it might be. This is a more hands-on. You're out in the space. There's a waterfall. There's chimes. It's it's Mm -hmm. a very calming space. Cool. And and it grows food for your other programs, right? Well, so they actually, use, the patients there use that food to sell at the farmer's market. So oh, okay, sure. Educational, vocational training. Mm-hmm. Um, and they use it in their kitchen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's amazing. And so you now you have that hoop house and you have two others? Yes, we have two, uh, two um, production hoop houses. Yeah. Are you thinking about expanding the farm at all, or you think it'll stay about the size it is? I think we will expand. Um, you know, every year we I till up a new field for outside growing. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a staff community garden, um, and every year I have to add spaces to that because there's more demand than I can meet. And we have a flower garden that a volunteer runs. She cuts bouquets to take into the hospital. Mm. We have a native plant pollinator garden. Um, we have an outdoor classroom that's also handicap accessible. Mm. 
So we'll keep pushing the fence out, slowly but surely. And and in this case, it's kind of a literal fence, right? Yeah, literally it's a fence. It's a fence, (laughs) yeah. Um, And one of our next hires will be a farmer, someone who just grows the food, Mm. which is a little... I'm really, really excited to have someone who can really expand our production because there's so much more demand than we can meet. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm also going to be a little sad that it won't be my job anymore. Yeah, I bet. I bet. It's, you know, getting your your fingers, your hands dirty, so to speak, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That... what What a wonderful role for you. I mean, just to... You know, as a leader, your leadership has certainly been instrumental in making all these programs happen. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I feel very fortunate. I um, I would never have guessed that I was going to be a hospital-based farmer. Right, right. Did you start out to be a farmer anyway? No. Mm-mm. Uh-uh. I um, I have a master's degree in wetland plant ecology. Of course you do. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> Uh, no, I wanted to, I thought I wanted to be faculty someplace and change the world by, you know, empowering college kids mm-hmm. that love the outdoors um, mm-hmm. and realized part of the way through that I was only so good at research, but I was really good at talking to people. Mm-hmm. Started, I worked as a scientist. I worked in the nonprofit world doing education and advocacy and just got tired of sitting at a desk. And mm-hmm. my sister owns a farm here in Ann Arbor and decided to take a year and see how I liked farming and loved it, but didn't think I had the capital on hand to buy land. So mm-hmm. I started working in kitchens and started a farm-to-table dinner series at their farm because that's a better way to make money than selling straight food if you're a small farm. Right, right. Um, and was getting ready to start my own business uh, doing local food catering when the position here came open, which... Uh, I realized my purpose is um, essentially to get people to care about where they live so they'll conserve it, this idea right. of placemaking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I started doing that through natural resources, mm-hmm. and I'm really fortunate that I've ended up here where I get to do it through local food and really health because the first place that you have to care about is yourself and your mm-hmm. physical mm-hmm. before yeah. you can kind of look out and be a more engaged uh, citizen. Right. Well, what an amazing journey for you personally, and what an amazing journey for the institution, too, to have this farm and to see it turn into this, you know, belly button in the middle of all of this amazing work. Thank you. Yeah, we love it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been so great. I am so glad we got to um, chat today. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I mean, it took us a while, but as I said when we we started this conversation, sometimes, you know, great wine takes a while to get great, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and there's been exciting developments even since I think I saw you in the Yeah, it sounds like it. Lots of things have happened. So thank you so much. It's terrific. Thanks for listening. You can get more podcasts by subscribing on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And you can learn more about Edible Alpha by visiting our website at ediblealpha.org. Thank you.